podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Barry Castanola, the host of the brand new Euro 2020 panel show quiz series, Never Write Off the Germans, featuring a plethora, 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 don't know, never said it before. Anyway, loads of your favourite comedians discussing the Euros. We've not had a second album since I was eight. Just had some triples and quadruples. Yeah, I, got, I had a lot of concertines. There was a lot of Scott McTominay's. I could make a team of Scott McTominay's, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it. No, what you should do is you should get all your Scott McTominay's, stick them on your spare room wall, and then invite him round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and having to answer some trivia and tricky football-related questions along the way. In one word, each of you, how would you describe... Robbie Savage's hair. Unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) So search and subscribe to Never Write Off the Germans from wherever you get your podcasts from. Does it bother anyone else? It's called Euro 2020 and it's 2021. I mean, it wouldn't have taken much, would it? Just a bit of a redesign on the branding. Tottenham, Hello, welcome to another episode of Top Ten Tottenham, and delighted to have this wonderful man with the Spurs through and through, being on the Spurs show before, when I had this idea for the show, one of the first names I thought I'd love to hear his top 10. He's here. Nihal Arthanaika. How are you, Nihal? Oh, Mike, it's lovely to see you, man. It's lovely to see you. We go back a long time. A long way, time man, through, long through Andy Holland, Indeed, I think. indeed, indeed. Through indeed. Andy Holland, or who is a gooner. I know, an Arsenal fan brought us together. How weird yeah. is that? Still, yeah, still actually that... one of my closest friends as well, he's, even he's though a... he is a gooner. He's he a lovely man. He is. He is a. In a, fact, a, a, he might be one of the reasons that that I found it really difficult to be a Spurs fan during that period of oh, the nineties really? when Wenger, mm. you know, when it was Invincibles, and we kind of lurched from one kind of plateau <laughs> of averageness to another <laughs> at the same time that Bergkamp and Henri and all of those guys were around and. He wasn't, as we know, and for people who don't know him, he's he's not a very shy, retiring character. No. So he made uh, no secret of the fact yeah, that he face. supported. In yeah, face, like, absolutely yeah. in your face. And to, to have him in your face on a footballing <laughs> sense when we were just so average and they were just, I can't uh-huh. even begin myself to say it, but they were... Yeah, well, invincible. No, they yeah. they they were very tough years. Those very very tough. They years. really tough years. Yeah. What I like about your your picks, as it were, is you've got some greatest hits there, and then you've got some moments which are personal to you and no one else. Which is what yes. what makes this show so lovely. The first one, and I think every one we've done so far has this, <laughs> and you've gone straight in and straight in at number one. Uh, and and rightly so, and, and I'm never tired of saying, let's listen to that moment, minutes to go in Amsterdam. Batista licks away. Ben Davis with a tackle. Here's Son. Sissoko. Here's Deli Alley. Here's Lucas Mora. Oh, they done it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Mora with the last kick of the game! The Ajax players collapse to the ground. 
Tottenham Hotspur are heading to the Champions League final with a goal that we just couldn't believe. <laughs> Jermaine Genus is speechless. Absolutely speechless. And so is everyone inside this stadium. I can't believe it, Flick. <laughs> Referees had a look at the watch. I don't know where he's getting the time from. Here's Sissoko. Get in the corner. There he goes. The full-time whistle! It's glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur! In the most amazing Champions League semi-final that most of us have ever seen. Even Harry's ankle's looking all right all of a sudden. History made in Amsterdam by Mauricio Pochettino and his players. It's the greatest night in Europe for 35 years since the days of Hoddle and Ardiles, and maybe the best of all time. It's what Champions League dreams are made of. It's a night these players and supporters will never forget. Tottenham Hotspur have come to the Netherlands and reached the promised land. Where were you? What does that moment mean to you? I'm sitting on my sofa with my son and it's over, right? Mm -hmm. The Tongans hit the bar a few (laughs) moments beforehand and that was the last chance we're going to get, okay? And we resigned ourselves to get into a Champions League semi-final. I'm looking at my son and saying, look, you know, I would never have dreamt of this. You've got to see this. We got to a semi-final of a Champions League, okay? And then it happens, doesn't it? It happens, in the dying seconds, it's like a film. I'm it's having so unspurs. It's so unspurs. Oh, as it's well. so unspurs. <laughs> remember just a few days, if not a day afterwards, saying on BBC Sport when I was interviewed by the brilliant Hugh Woosencroft. And I said to him, I said, This happens to everyone else. You know, we're, we're the team with it's happening again. Yeah. It's happening again. We're that team. We're Spurs. It doesn't happen to us. And I remember quoting, um, when Aguero scored that goal for Man City to win the league for the first time at QPR to beat Manchester United to win the league and in the last moments. And, and like, I was like, oh, yearn for moments like that as a Spurs fan. And Lucas Moura gave us that moment, you know? And that's why sometimes when other supporters say, oh, yeah, that's, you know, the fact that you, that is one of your favourite, that is your favourite moment as a Spurs fan. It just shows small club that you weren't even in a final. But I've been in a final and, you know, one of my other points that I'm going to make here is seeing Spurs lift the trophy in 2008 but that felt better Lucas Moura scoring that goal in the last seconds and then I jumped up I ran to the end of the living room and I turned around and I looked at him my son and he looked at me and we ran towards each other we (laughs) hugged each other I then ran upstairs because my wife was wondering what the commotion was and shouting and everything and I dropped to my knees like Poch did and I burst into tears, Mike. I actually burst into tears. And my wife reminded me that, that I didn't cry at the birth of either of my children. <laughs> but I burst into tears. Yeah, we it was we all if, did. We all I know, did. I know. It was the it years was just, of hurt building yes, up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I think every Spurs fan had a primal scream moment. It was yeah. as if we just said to our therapist, it was. thank you. Mm. And then burst into tears. You know, our therapist has somehow managed to hit a nerve. It, it was primal scream. I mean, I've, I've on previous shows. If, if anyone's bothered to listen to more than one, and I'm happy to say it again, 
I made such a weird animalistic noise. I was with my father, fell to my oh. knees in just whatever. And and I've never hit a pitch. It was so high pitched. I was just going, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. That's all that came out. I just couldn't believe it. It was childlike. Childlike just came out. You well, know? you made it sound like Jermaine Genus. <laughs> I mean, Jermaine Genus, who is a professional yes. broadcaster, yes. he just went, yes. you could just hear him go, yeah. Ah, yeah. in the background. <laughs> it was incredible. It and was. I love that BT, is it called No Filter, when yes. you had Hoddle, yes. Hoddle and Lineker and all that. Yes. Oh, just lovely. Yes. Well, didn't Rio Ferdinand nearly give Lord Glenn of Hoddle a heart attack? Yeah, I mean, it's like, mate, the guy's had a heart attack. You don't just start throwing him around and, like, push him around. It's like, mate. I mean, just uh, just the most extraordinary moment and one I will never forget. And I was with, you know, one of my children. I love both my children exactly the same, but just to have been there with him because he's a Spurs fan. You know, he's a Spurs fan. And I've made him a Spurs fan. You know, he is one because of me in the same way I'm sure you are because of your father. And to be there with him on that special moment, really special moment, super moment, the kind of moment that you could spend a lifetime and never have. Mm. Yeah, uh, It's just special. That's why it's always my number one moment. Quite right. And right and rightly so. I mean, your second one's pretty much up there as well. I think we're roughly the same kind of age. This is probably the first time we've both seen Tottenham lift a trophy. May the 14th, 1981. And again, we'll never tire of saying that Ricky Veer goal. Villar. And still Ricky Villar. What a fantastic run. He scored. Amazing goal by Ricky Villar. The big man from Argentina went round one, two, three. Joe Corrigan came to block. And Villar squeezed it in. As we see it again from behind the goal, just look how many players he twisted and turned past. And then got his shot in. Where, where were you? How old were you now? I was I was 10 years old. Yeah, I was a, right. I'm a bit older than you. I was about 13, 14 here, yeah. But 10 years old. I hadn't yet got to secondary school. Mm. It was my last year of primary school. And we are in Essex. Uh, I was about to go to a school called Burnt Mill which is a school that Glenn Hoddle went to. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So He was uh, a Harlow boy, wasn't he? He was Harlow, Yeah, yeah, he? yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what, uh, what, where I went to school. Right. And um, it was just the magic of it. It was just the magic of it. My parents chose White Hart Lane as the first place to take us. Wow. To uh, a football match. Yeah, could thank have been God. Yeah, we could, yeah, we could have been Upton Park. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah, that? A little true. Asian family turning up Upton yeah. Park in the 80s. That wouldn't, <laughs> have been, uh, that wouldn't have been too good. They would have welcomed uh, you with open arms. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Uh, so, but I do, you know, I always have very memories of utter respect for my dad who took his little Asian family to a football ground. And I doubt, you know, I never really got to ask him because he only ever took us to two games and then that was it. But it certainly made sure that we were Spurs fans. And I just think that's actually a really brave thing to have done back then mm. when football wasn't kind of as it is now. I mean, it has its problems now, but yeah. we're talking the early 80s then. Because um, you used to show but, up, know, didn't need tickets. You used to show up and pay on the yeah. turnstiles. Yeah, exactly right. And, uh, mm. you know, we were just this little Asian family, mum, dad, 
two sons nice. turn up to go and watch Tottenham play. But this, I just remember, is just the magic of it. You see, mm. in fact, I have a on my. It's now on my son's bedroom wall, but I have a signed picture of it because oh, it's such a special moment. Because it, the skills were just unbelievable. You know, if you look at those matches, then most players were just coming in like missiles. It was like drone strikes trying to kill you. It looked like right, and this guy just <laughs> danced around them. Right, he had he brought this South American flair, and yeah. my gosh, didn't he use it to score that goal? Right, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it was a key age, right, Mike? Oh, because God, yeah. you're ten wow. years old to win oh. a trophy, you're, yeah, you're suddenly Cup. you're there, right? you're yeah, there, yeah, right? Yeah. And and that was when, yeah, exactly. And the FA Cup was a big thing in our house. I mean, that was the replay. But the FA Cup on a Saturday afternoon was, my dad would always go and get fish and chips, so it was a, it was a kind of ritual that we'd sit there and watch the FA Cup. We'd eat our fish and chips, and of course, this was the replay, so it was different. But just the first. The, the the Saturday one was played and obviously that ended up after extra time at one all and then yeah rookie scored that that goal and it's it's a goal that's always stuck with me mm, as, absolutely as, you know one of the greatest um and now I live in Manchester and I've got two Manchester City season ticket holders either side of me who right. thankfully are old enough to remember that goal Yes, which I never tire of reminding them about. Absolutely right. When uh, when did you sort of start going regularly? What what kind of era did you start going? Oh, I'm I'm gonna, I'm you know I I'm going regularly to Tottenham. Do, you know Do you know what? I only started going regularly really when I had kids when they were old enough to go because I just I, I think most of the nineties I was really into music. Yeah. So yeah. the music industry was was something that I wanted also as well like and uh, I just had a thing about I still love Tottenham and I still watch Tottenham I still but I had a kind of thing about football hooliganism mm. and fans and as a person of color I just kind of felt a little bit like I'm not sure I'm like I mean to this day I find I have a problematic relationship with support in England mm. because yeah, of me what, too but, yeah because Unless that's just me going to away games and seeing it and just going, I don't want to be any part of this. Yeah, exactly right. I'd exactly rather right. not, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that that almost I almost stereotypically just kind of went off the idea of going to football. I just felt like it wasn't the safe space to use modern terminology for me. Even Spurs, even Spurs and Spurs because of its um, links to the Jewish community is, in my mind, certainly one of the safest grounds to go to mm. because you can't on one I'm not I'm not saying there aren't any races that go to see oh, Spurs. Oh yeah and I'm sure as an away fan it's it's not meant to be very pleasant. Uh no. But I think compared to oh go to Chelsea away and you yeah. walk to the where the away fans are and West Ham in the old ground yeah. walking down yeah. Green Green Street. Really, really unpleasant. Yeah, really, really unpleasant. So I think that was it. And it really it it really rekindled my love for the game and going to Spurs when almost I had children to be a project with and go, right, let's, let's do something together. Let's have something together. And that's when I started going, really. That's when I started going when my son was old enough to start coming with us again. So not really that long ago, if I'm honest, I mean, Spurs fan throughout the eighties, nineties and noughties, uh, early noughties when I began to really get involved again. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, in the last decade or so, when I've really decided, yeah, I'm going to get involved, really get fanatic about it. 
I mean, your third your third clip. It's just bizarre. This was still the last time we we, we lifted a trophy. Uh, oh, we went man. in at underdogs, the Carling Cup final against Chelsea. Uh, let's listen to that winning Jonathan Woodgate goal now. Gina's playing it in. Woodgate! It's in for Tottenham! They've come from behind and Spurs lead Chelsea! Boy, Jonathan Woodgate is overdue a break in his career. And he got a break in front of goal at Wembley. Quicker to the ball. Petrojek saw it coming. Woodgate got on the goal side of the Chelsea defence. Came back perhaps off Petrocek. Could go down as a goalkeeping mistake, but bravery by Woodgate. Only saw the ball, only saw the ball. Comes back off Petrocek's hands onto his head and into the net. I mean, this is in there, presuming this was uh, our, our last trophy win. Yeah, well, that's why. And. I just remember the day being with Joe Wiley and her dad. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. quite an interesting, a, a music industry, um, bit of a legend called Richard mm-hmm. Perry, who's also a massive Spurs fan, okay. um, invited us to the final. And it was just amazing to firstly beat the Chels, right? Mm. Oh, the Chels, like of all the teams. They thought they just had to and, show up that day as well, if you remember. Yeah, All their did. fans oh, yeah. thought it was going to be an easy win. Absolutely. And I think when we scored the winning goal, I think that I went so mad that I broke my phone. <laughs> I actually broke my phone. Bent it something something like quite drastic happened to my phone because it was jumping around so, so badly. Um and you know, it's it's interesting, and it? it you know, you kind of get sometimes a media experience. Um mm-hmm. And one of my later, uh, one of my top 10 is when you get those real Tottenham experiences. Sometimes it feels a little bit dry if you're sitting in a certain area. But the rest of the time when you're there and you're with proper fans, you're not there in, in a kind of corporate world. Um, and and you just you carried along with the positive tribalism of it. Right. There can be such a thing as positive tribalism as well. And that was one of those things, you know, to be there. At Wembley, I think I met Ledley King beforehand, which was nice, and um, yeah, and then got the result and watched them lift the trophy. And like you say, I mean that's the last time we did lift the trophy. Much, I know, no, no, not for want of trying, not for want of being in a few finals, but we just never managed to get it over the over the line. Yeah, I mean your next one is this is a lovely one. This is. Uh... I th- well, you, you can tell us after the clip. This might be the first time you and your son did a proper away trip. And what a one. 27th of August, 2018. Man United Spurs, we won 3-0. Let's remind ourselves of that now. Jose Mourinho's pre-match mood. United nil spares one. Christian Eriksen has Kane now darting towards the near post. Other runners are there. It's two now. Lucas Moura. Two goals in two minutes for Tottenham Hotspur. 
support. Delirium in the corner of Old Trafford. And Jose Mourinho calls over a substitute. United nil Spurs two. Here's Lucas against Smalling. Trusts his pace and he's in. Lucas, 3-0. Game set match to Tottenham Hotspur. Who will have nine points out of nine in the Premier League. And the pressure and scrutiny will increase on Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. Six minutes remaining. Manchester United nil. Dreamland for Spurs. Three. This is a lovely. I mean, this is one I, I've almost forgotten about this result, this 3-0. Yeah, uh, this win. was superb. The reason it was superb was because, picture this, right? It's a bank holiday Monday. It's, I think, an 8 p.m. kickoff, right? It's two hours from London on the train to get to Manchester. So you're talking about the most hardcore Spurs away fans making this journey, right? They really are. And we're right there in the thick of it. And it's the first time my son is experiencing. How old was your son at this? How old was your son three years uh, ago? He he would have been ten years old. Oh wow! Oh good age. Right? Wow. Right. So I'm wide-eyed looking around. Oh, wide-eyed, wide-eyed. And and he's at the age now. He's a bit cheekier, but back then he really was wide-eyed. And I was like, look, you're going to hear some language, right? And you're not allowed to sing along, right? Some of the songs you are. Of course, oh, when the Spurs, you're allowed to do that. Uh, but when, you know, I don't know how many thousand Spurs fans start singing, fuck off Mourinho, <laughs> fuck off Mourinho, like that. I'm, yeah. He's looking at me and I'm looking at him, I'm going, don't you dare, don't you yeah. dare, yeah. right? You're and sitting I'm there so going, you're probably sitting there going, please don't start that Sol Campbell song. Please <laughs> oh, yeah, please Sol don't Campbell. start the Sol Campbell. Please don't go there. I'll have an absolute nightmare explaining that one. Although yeah. he did... But recently, my son was asked or there was an inquiry made about him joining the best team in his league, right? And uh, he said to me, he said to me, he said, if I leave this team I'm with now, I won't leave it and join another team in this league because I won't want to play against, you know, he said, I'm not going to be a Sol Campbell. That's what he said to me. That's quality. <laughs> That's <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> He's 13 years old. But yeah, being at this match was so funny because the banter was there. Like, you know, we beat them 3-0 and it was Mourinho. He was in a bad place, right? The United fans hated him. Uh, I think we scored two goals in the space of 10 minutes. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was just like bang, bang. And then we're just joyful. Like we, we can't believe we've come to Old Trafford and we're beating them so comprehensively. And all of these Spurs fans are singing all these songs. You're getting sacked in the morning, sacked in the morning. And then as the as the third goal goes in and lots of Man United fans are beginning to leave, all of us are saying, is there a fire drill? Is there a yeah. fire drill? And he finds that hilarious. Yeah. My son, he thinks it's brilliant. It's his first time he's kind of exposed to ironic, yeah. sarcastic um, <laughs> chanting, right? Yeah. So he just thinks this is brilliant. It's like collective piss-taking. Yeah. at its very yeah. best yeah. and um, <laughs> and I remember yeah it was a long walk we had to walk for miles we actually walked from Old Trafford into Manchester City Centre I think was, all the tram stops were full and it was a bank holiday Monday uh, luckily it was a lovely evening as I remember was there a bit of drizzle uh, but it was just it was it was fantastic actually we walked past um, we walked past a couple of Spurs fans uh, and uh 
and they didn't realize we were from down south so they went they just thought asian and man they must be man no. united fans right so they kind of looked at us and went ah lucky boys are lucky boys i went what do you mean we won three nil and they went Way! <laughs> 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 to do it so and it was it was yeah it was superb there's something about walking back through a city yeah. when you're an away fan and everyone around you is in a bad mood and you're walking alongside them and you've won there's something that sort of <laughs> superior feeling yes it was it's... that it was that we were like cloaked in gold <laughs> as we left that stadium we just all had s's on our chests just like walking around like this like come on it's top the monster and uh yeah that was just superb and he still talks about that he just still talks about how that must have been the most hardcore Tottenham fans eight o'clock bank holiday Monday 400 mile round journey although you would have had to stay overnight because there would have been no trains back uh, to London that night or you would have got in coaches and you wouldn't on a coach you probably wouldn't have got back to wherever Hertfordshire or North London Mm -hmm. or good grief Surrey or whatever you wouldn't have got back till you would have got back till way beyond like one o'clock in the morning after doing that journey so it was just superb it was just superb and it was I think I'm not sure how much longer Mourinho lasted after that game actually as Man United uh, manager not that long I don't think I think you might be right no the one, the next one, the, your fifth clip. I assume it's the same time. It's also Old Trafford. It's also Man United. Uh, this is the game we lost, but incredibly, your son was a mascot. Yeah, this but his tenth birthday. Yeah, this is extraordinary. So he'd yeah, already been yeah. up. So he'd already been up there. How, how did you get that? So, I do you know what? I just emailed someone I knew at Tottenham and went, wow. look, on the on the off chance, it sort of drops out. <laughs> yeah, I just thought, you know what? There's no just got to ask, haven't ask. You? yeah so i just i just sent an email and just said oh, i was on the off chance have you got and they went no we haven't got anyone for that at the moment we haven't because we and he's because of course it's manchester you're so there. yeah yeah and we're there so it's quite easy for us yes. to get across and do it uh, but it's also quite difficult because at home games there's more than one mascot oh yeah 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 right whereas up there it was just one mascot that's incredible and, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. Old Trafford. I mean, Old Trafford. I mean, you know, it could have been. You know, it could be West Bromwich Albion or something awful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the game, isn't it? And he's again. He's you know. He's uh, yeah. He's nine, I think. Yeah, he's he's nine. He's about a month shy of his tenth birthday, right? So he's nine years old. He's in the tunnel. He told me that Sonny couldn't stop swearing, really? swearing all the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yes. Sonny said like. Something like let's fuck him up or something like that. He was like really like aggressive and just like yeah. And my son's like looking up like that. He said Eric Dyer was lovely. Uh, Hugo Lloris was lovely. Kane was injured, I think, right, and that was okay. that was that was gutting for him. So he couldn't right. meet Harry Kane, uh, Deli Ali, all that. He said it was they were absolutely wow. lovely. And so then he goes, um, he goes, and uh, stands there. Right, so all the Tottenham got in the middle of the pitch, yeah. Old Trafford, all wow, the Manchester, all the Manchester United fan uh, players, sorry, come yeah. down the line, shake hands, shake hands, all of them. Lukaku gets to my son, and my son psychs him, puts his hand out, and then as Lukaku was it, he goes, and pulls the hand away. No, yeah, pulls the hand away. <laughs> this must be on TV. This must be television. You got footage of this. It must have yeah, somewhere. I think, I think there must be somewhere. 
Yeah. And um, I just thought, you little shit. Like, the wow. audacity. And, and Lukaku didn't score that day. It was Martial. And my son's kind of convinced he put him off because he psyched him. <laughs> psyched him. He, he upset him, you know. Because what can Lukaku do, right? He's a nine-year-old kid. He can't go, you little shit. <laughs> yeah. Literally. My son just went like this and then went, <laughs> but had he had he met any of the Spurs players before any kind of event, or this was the first time he was like you know surrounded by gods, you know? Yeah, like he had. He ta- do you know what? He takes things very much in his stride. He's a, right. he's, a, he's a he's a confident little fella. I mean, he'd met my heroes, I think. So he'd met right. Ricky Villa mm-hmm. and Oswaldo Ardiles, but he had no so idea. So they didn't they mean were. as much. Yeah, no, they didn't mean as much. You've seen them on YouTube, but yeah, these are the players he, he's actually oh, watching he week his, in week out. I think he'd had his picture taken with Eric Lamella right. once. Oh well. So he. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, and then so so that's kind of as far as it had got. So he was a bit kind of staring up at these really tall. I mean, Eric wow. Dyer's huge, yeah. right? So he's staring up at these kind of guys, and and it must. But he t- he came out on the pitch with his glasses on, full full amazing. kit, and uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, it was just an amazing moment. It was an amazing, amazing moment, and there were lovely staff actually at Old Trafford. They were really lovely to him. It was a it was a it was a great day, out and hopefully one. I mean, you don't know, do you, Mike? With kids, um, we put these experiences in them, and then how no. How do we know how it manifests itself in later life? You know, he hopefully he'll be you know, 50 and, and he'll look back on it and go, yeah, when I was nine, I, I walked Spurs out at Old Trafford, you know, I mean, it's oh, not sure. a bad little memory. Yeah, it's not absolutely. a bad little memory to have. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, uh, before we do your final five, let's have a quick break back in a sec. And we're back. Uh, the last five here, this is, well, <sighs> No one's actually put this one in, and I know, well, you'll explain why you've put it in. Yes. And you know what? I'm not even going to intro a clip here because it's still too raw. So I'm not oh, even going to no. play in the Sissoko handball and anything. Oh. But I'm just going to say, 1st of June, 2019, Champions League final. Despite the defeat, why is that in there? Because it was my birthday. Oh, lovely. It was my birthday. It was a beautiful day. Mm, I did, obviously... Hot, Oh. Yeah, boiling hot. I didn't even get the present I wanted more than anything else in the world. Uh, you know, after about two minutes, that seemed to be over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and most people, in fact, nobody, I'm sure, as a Spurs fan will put this on. But the reason that I put it on was because it was my birthday that day. And I had my birthday at our stadium, which I still call White Hart Lane. I, I, I you know, at the lane, right? I still had lots of people I love very dearly around me. We were in these fantastic seats, watching these giant screens. Of course, I would have liked to have been mm. in Madrid to have seen it, but that wasn't going to happen. So the next best thing was to be, and it was quite interesting to be in the stadium. It was packed. Was, I mean, it, I was lucky I was, was in packed. Madrid and I heard people couldn't get tickets for that. We're really struggling to get tickets for this event. It was, what was it like before the game? Was it? Did it feel like you were going to an actual home match, or did you kind of have a slightly different feel about it? It felt like a carnival atmosphere. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was just joyous because unlike any other home game that you go to, you're not separated from other fans, right? Yeah. You know, it's literally sixty thousand Spurs fans in the stadium. You know, there's not that pocket of people who'll be booing or whatever. There's just all of us. It's this collective cathedral of Tottenham, 
mayhem really going on, which sadly, I think I talk more about the build up to it than I do the game itself, right? The game itself was a dull affair, but it was just being there on my birthday. What a place to have your birthday, right? And, um, and the tickets were really cheap. You know, they, I can't remember what they were, like 15, 20 quid or something to, to go. So it meant that a load of us could go. I think 10 or 15 of us went. Even some of my mates, one's a QPR fan, one's a United fan, they just came and just to see our stadium. And, you know, that stadium on a bright, sunny day, Mike, you know, you walk into it and you're just like, this is an extraordinary place to watch football. So I'm really, when I choose this, not for the game itself, but for the experience beforehand is why I chose this as one of my top 10 moments. Lovely. I mean, uh, th- this next one I love as well. I'm, I'm sure this is not the first time, but certainly the biggest time when your love of Tottenham and your professional life collide. And you get to do, in 2018 in February, an in-depth interview with Mauricio Pochettino. Let's listen to a little snippet now. Tell me about the relaxing time. You're talking about I watch a film. So what is your favourite film? What is a film you've watched time and time again? Yes, the last was, uh, was a series, that uh, Game of Thrones, that we watched the seventh uh, season. We were so focused. All the coaching stuff, we were so focused. We were football and then Game of Thrones. And it's time to spend some time with the family, OK. <laughs> but if you're not going to sleep, you've got to be ready for the day after. No? OK, how yeah. many hours in one sitting did you watch of Game of Thrones? Do you watch one and then leave it? Or can you sit there for hours and watch one, two, three, four? Uh, some some uh, coaching, uh, maybe spend until three or two, na- two and a half, three, three o'clock on the night watching. But not you? No, no me, no me, no me, no really? me, no me, no, 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 no. I wonder which character in Game of Thrones you are. Me? Yeah. You're coaching staff for all looking at each other. Yes. <laughs> they already really? have an idea of who they think you are. Okay, what, who are what you? What do you think, Tony? I am. <laughs> eh? <laughs> who? Jon Snow. Jon Snow? No, I am not Jon Snow. Come on. I am Pochettino from Turin. <laughs> I am not. Uh... <laughs> Definitely not I a white walker. You're the dragon. dragon. Yes. You're the dragon. dragon. Right, OK. Mauricio Brave Pochettino is the dragon. Yes. What was that like? How did you get that? Did someone within the BBC know that you were Spurs or because of your radio show? And obviously it's, it's a, a big sports channel. It came about that way. Well, the head of comms, at Tottenham is a man called Simon Felstein. Yes, very nice man. He's a lovely man. Lovely, lovely, lovely man. Lovely he's man. helped the Spurs mm-hmm. show a lot and he's he's, he's, yeah. he's one of the good guys. He's definitely one of the good guys. Yeah. And he and I had been communicating a lot, right? And they wanted a safe pair of hands, right, to do an interview that wasn't the usual tactics, footballing philosophy, etc. And... I specialise really in interviews that are more about the human being than the profession, whether it be Sir Billy Connolly or Noel Gallagher or Liam Gallagher. I mean, look, the list of uh, there are hundreds of people I've interviewed, incredibly famous people and people who are not incredibly famous, but have had extraordinary experiences in life. And I'm interested in the human condition. So they wanted someone that could bring that out. 
And so really and truly, it was Tottenham and I having a conversation and then BBC Sport and I having a conversation. A little bit like when you saw Spoonie years ago interview Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson. It was about yeah. the relationship that they had and then the BBC just facilitate the logistics. Are you sure at this stage not trying to hide your childlike enthusiasm? You're trying to remain oh. professional, presumably, well, before you get it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I might I mean, be able to fit it. I'm very, very busy at the moment. So I'm yeah, very yeah. busy. I might be able to do it on Tuesday. I'll do it. Do you know what, Mike? I would love to pretend I was like that. But I think for most of the pre-conversations, my, my voice was pretty much like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, if I could. Uh, am I allowed to kiss him? No, you're not allowed to kiss him. Uh, what about hold his hand? No, you're not allowed to hold his hand. Can I, can I have his home address? No, you definitely can't have his home address. Can I, can I get a drone and maybe steal some of his underwear? No, you can't steal any of his underwear. Oh, right, OK. Uh, well, just straight interview then. Yeah, straight into you, Nihal. Oh, OK, then I'll just do the straight interview. I mean, that's pretty much what happened, Mike, I've got to say. Um, it's, it is... You know, you you interview people that are don't like being interviewed, right? Yeah. So you know that you have to you have to really know your stuff, really engage, really think about the questions. And I've interviewed, you know, Damon Alburn, Tom York, people who don't really like being interviewed, uh, if they're if they're honest. Um, and I can totally understand why, because quite often they're asked the same questions. So with Maurizio Pochettino, it was the same thing. It was thinking about who is this guy? Because we all loved him, right? We all had a sense, like I think Chelsea fans with Conte and um, Liverpool fans with Klopp, that they, these are people you want to go out and have a drink with, yes. right? These are people yeah. you want to hang out with. And, and everyone had said to me who'd met him, generally a lovely, lovely guy, which I think is very rare in people. But I think that's yes. what... And you could, and that's what came across in, in any interview with him, I think. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. But we went to all different places. So we did it in the school next to Tottenham. Mm. And I'm sitting there at this desk when we're waiting for him. Cameras set up. I'm clipped up, sound. And then here he comes with Simon Felstein, the head of comms, him and his three boys, right? The three guys, right? Jesus is one of them, of course, and then the other guys. And... Um, and they're there in their tracksuits and they walk into us. And I, I think I saw it in soft focus. You know, like <laughs> Nigella Lawson cooking programs, everything's in soft focus. I think I saw it coming towards me like that. Just this dream guy. I love you, Polly. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, it's a man then, crush, isn't it? Yeah, it's an absolute man crush. Absolute man crush. And he's very warm and I'm, I'm a mm. tactile person. He is, so it's a hug. It's a, it's a, it began really, really well. And, you know, his English was much better. Mm. He loved Game of Thrones. So we had a great conversation about Game of Thrones and his favourite I mean, he was obsessed with Game of Thrones. Him and, him and this whole coaching team would watch episode after episode after episode. So it was just a different vibe. And, you know, you just felt there's a picture of me and him doing a, doing an arm wrestle which is amazing like he just he was up for the crack of it all and you know you're blessed right I'm a BBC broadcaster but I'm a Spurs fan and the fact that there can be a moment a nexus where both of those things can happen and it has to be professional you know since then I've interviewed I did a big exclusive interview world exclusive interview with Harry Kane this year actually for BBC and the reason I put this one in in 
over that one in many ways was because Poch was just, Poch had, he had taken us to places. He had made us believe again. He had shown us the beauty, the essence of why Tottenham should play football and had played football before, right? And that spirit meant that it wasn't just a guy who, you know, like no one would feel that way. No Man United fan I've ever spoke to felt that way about Mourinho, even though he brought two trophies to them, right? Poch brought us no trophies, but my gosh, the joy that he brought us to watch us play. I mean, there was a few seasons, Mike, where we were like, it wasn't as if were we going to win or lose. It was like, how much are we going to win by? Well, that last season, I'm beating a White Hart Lane. The, oh. the, the, I couldn't wait to get to the ground. I mean, most years, I, I, I leave it as late as possible. And like, oh, do I have to? Is it on the, oh, it's not on the telly. We've got to go. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I couldn't wait to get in the ground that season. I know. I know. That's what he gave us. And, you know, I owed him so much because not only did he give that to me, but the pivotal years of my son's development, yeah. my son just got used to us finishing top four, mm. right? He got used to seeing us battle it out to win the Premier League, right? He got used to us going through the Champions League and getting to the final Champions League. That's Maurizio Pochettino. So, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of obviously happened before because I interviewed him in uh, in February of 2018. But it's just, you know, what a guy, what a guy, you know, genius, genius. And so sad that PSG sadly wouldn't let him leave. Because he'd be back with us now. I'm sure we'll see. I'm sure we'll see him sooner rather than latest. Is yeah. my gut feeling yeah. on it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This yeah. next one, a, a lovely memory again, and not an actual game, but after the game. This is March 14th, 2008. We've already lifted the Carling Cup. What? What's this memory? So, the Radio One Breakfast team at the time were doing something for Sport Relief, and they were essentially doing a mile running around the pitch of every Premier League and SPL team for sport relief. So the Radio 1 Breakfast team. Now, because, of course, I was a Radio 1 breakfast show, weekend breakfast show DJ and specialist DJ on Radio 1 at the time, and they knew I was a Spurs fan, they said, look, would you like to come down and do the jog, right? And, you know, no disrespect to Moss, but this was at the point where he wasn't the kind of svelte... <laughs> Chris Miles that he is today. This Tyson could take longer than we, we hoped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But he still beat me around. <laughs> this is how unfit I was. And Robbo was there. Paul Robinson was there as well. Right. Because uh, former Leeds player, of course. And uh, and Chris Miles, a massive Leeds fan. Right. So they knew each other. And, yeah, we got to have a jog around the pitch at White Hart Lane. It was amazing, right? And then got to hold the Carling Cup. Um, my son was four months old at the time. He was with us, had his picture taken. He didn't know what it was, but yeah. I mean, bless him. That's at least he's had his hands on a trophy. You can uh, the last trophy. You can, yeah. you can say in it. Um, yeah, and it was it was just an amazing day out and an amazing kind of memory. Really, again, you know, when you asked me for my top ten, I thought, do I think of games? Right. Or do I think of just these moments that are so unique uh, to my experience of being a Spurs fan? And I do understand that because of what I do for a living, a lot of these moments are absolute blessings. But they all just go to. And I, I, I never take it for granted that I've been given these opportunities to go and witness 
various things. Like I, I hosted the opening of our new ground, for instance, for the press. You know, these kind of, I hosted two Spurs fan forums where, uh, and, and they didn't make this list, but, you know, where you're backstage before the fans come out and you're in a small room with Maurizio Pochettino, Hugo Lloris and Daniel Levy. And there's just four of you sitting in this little room, this tiny room, waiting to go out. Amazing. And it was, it was, and it was in those Pochettino days when, like now you can do a Spurs fans forum like that because Kick there was off. so much anger yeah. in the Yeah, there was so much anger in the room. You just couldn't do anything like that anymore. Um, not to that extent. I think you could do smaller ones. But this was a time when, you know, Daniel could come on and, you know, people were cheering, mm. right? Yeah. And, Maurizio comes on and people are freaking out. He's magic, you know. And on one of those occasions, and maybe I should have made this in the top 10 when I did the fans forum, um, a gentleman and his daughter, right, did a Q&A afterwards, right, where you can put your hands up, ask a question of anyone on the, on the panel. And someone said, put his hands up, said, I've, I've travelled from Canada with my daughter. Uh, I don't have a question for you, Maurizio but could I have a hug? And Maurizio <laughs> yes, gets out of his chair, walks off the stage and gives this man a hug and gives the daughter, and everyone's cheering. Like it's, it's such a beautiful human moment and says a lot about Maurizio Pochettino as a human being. But yeah, I mean, that was, uh, yeah. So I've been in these situations Lovely. which are, are completely enviable and I don't want it to come across as boasting. I just want to say like, this is, these are just some of the most special moments I've had as a Spurs fan. Your penultimate uh, choice, and I'm glad you picked this man because this man, if I look back at my time going to Spurs, was the greatest player I ever saw in a Tottenham shirt. Uh, God, uh, Glenn Hoddle. Uh, let, I mean, again, we could have picked thousands of goals. Let's go with uh, one of our favourites, 1979, that great volley against Nottingham Forest. Harry Lloyd underneath this one, but beaten in the air by Jones. Armstrong's coming in there. Oh, a tremendous goal by Huddle. 1-0 to Tottenham. With a little under three minutes gone. A tremendous goal there by Huddle. And Shilton really had no chance whatsoever. The long ball, really, with Lloyd in a bit of trouble, under pressure from Jerry Armstrong. And how invitingly that ball fell for Hoddle. Why have you put uh, uh, Glenn here? Well, I mean, if you're a Spurs fan of a certain age and you don't think of Lord Glenn of Hoddle as the greatest player, you probably weren't really a Spurs fan. I mean, this guy was extraordinary, not just for Tottenham, but kind of globally. I mean, iconic in footballing terms, what he could do with a football was extraordinary. And we also had the added joy, and one of the big reasons I'm a Spurs fan, is because Glenn Hoddle went to my school. You know, oh, Bird wow. Mill, yes, you said, yeah. comprehensive school in Essex. And when we got to school, his younger brother, who's now sadly passed away, oh, but Carl yeah. Hoddle was in the fifth year. So he was right. walking the he was walking past us you know, when his brother's doing the things that he was wow, doing. That's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, so I started school in uh, secondary school in 82. Yeah. So you can imagine the, wow. the, the the unbelievable atmosphere that this guy doing this for England and Tottenham, he walked these same halls 
He may have sat in the yeah. same desk that I'm sitting in. He swam in the same swimming pool that we are. He probably had the same kind of tear ups on the on the playground that we're having with other kids. So you know, when you interviewed you interviewed him this year, you obviously yes. went. You won't believe this, but and told yeah, him. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So he 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 said to me at the end, he said, "Oh, us Arlo boys have got to stick together. Us Burnt Mill boys have got to stick together." And the thing was, I've obviously interviewed a lot of people, a lot of people associated with Tottenham as well, but I'd never interviewed Glenn Hoddle, and yet I had the closest link to him. A very, I mean, tenuous in the sense that we went to the same school and grew up in the same place. But it was still quite a link I didn't have with any of us. Certainly didn't and have also with another lovely, lovely man. A lovely, lovely yeah. man. And and weirdly enough, the reason that he was on was to talk about being on The Masked Singer. There wasn't oh. anything to do about football. So I was interviewing him about being on The Masked Singer on ITV. Oh. And he loves to sing, as we know, of course. Yes. Uh, with Diamond Chris Lights. And Diamond mm. Lights, indeed. And I yeah. think, was it a number one record, Diamond Lights? No, absolutely not. One? No. Was it not? No, no. no. I might, might oh, it never got top twenty, and there was a follow up which which, which some oh, of that okay. trace, and right. obviously right. the uh, the Chaz and Dave stuff, and <laughs> and the great Tottenham Party album where he sings, uh, and this is Christmas War is Over by John Lennon, a haunting version. Wow. I recommend anyone go right. go and get it. Beautiful. Wow. Well, he apparently he loves to sing. Yeah, yeah. He said he said to me, he said, given any opportunity, I will sing right. anywhere. I'll sing in a. Uh, so again, a really really lovely man and i met last year a guy who was a a bt sound guy when glenn had his heart attack yeah and it was this guy that helped save his oh, life wow. yes, yes yeah. yeah you know and so Simon someone yeah yeah that's right i met him yeah. and and which was amazing you know amazing because you know glenn hodder has been such a big part of my footballing life i mean the reason there's so many things that you can identify but Really, it was his flair. It was his excitement. You know, the best player in the league, yeah, by far. And um, he's done two live shows with us. So obviously, as a fan, oh, to, why, to just yeah. be with him oh, my backstage, gosh. really love. Not, and what I said to everyone is, his TV persona is completely different to what it's like when you meet him in real life. He's one of the boys laughing and joking, having a beer. And when he's on TV, he almost goes to a very kind of measured kind of alter ego of himself and yes, i was like right. if i was his agent i'd go you know what be a bit like marcinga be yourself a bit more a bit more whatever it's like you see another side to him you really do yeah you really do yeah you really do i mean when he came on because he wasn't coming on to talk about tottenham he was coming on to talk about being on the Mars singer you know i think i've got a sense of you just got a sense of this man who's a dad and a granddad and just a, a genuinely lovely lovely person so yeah there was no way and and it was really difficult to just pick any goal if i'm honest because there are so many that he scored that was so extraordinary as goes against watford and middlesbrough and ipswich i mean you just go through the list yeah, of these teams God, that yeah. he just scored so extraordinary many. goals against uh, and we're not even talking about his england goals but it you know you just kind of go he is uh and he's an ambassador and a gentleman right mm. you know yeah. he, he's had his controversial moments no mm -hmm. doubt but uh as far as spurs fans are concerned the guy i mean the guy should have a statue outside the stadium now. I don't, oh, right. You know, because he just means so much to us. Yeah. And your final pick, uh, it's a strange one, uh, one that many of us weren't there, and you've got a story here, 21st of November 2020, Tottenham 2, Manchester City nil. Let's remind ourselves of the goals now. 
Here's Song. Every time he touches the ball against Manchester City, Son seems to score. He's done it again inside the first five minutes. And what a start. I mean, we know that City line. They push up. The port pushes in. I don't like Edison's position at all. There's no need to be out that far. He makes Son's mind up for him. Kane. He's got time and space, he's got runners as well, Lo Celso one of them. And here is Lo Celso, freshly introduced and scoring! Now that is what you call an impact! An impact off the bench, and an impact for Tottenham! This one you went in there because this was during lockdown, but I, I remember you, you were saying you're going, you, you, you managed to get tickets for this. Well, what happened was I was invited to be on N17 Live. Which is their new so, live sort of Tottenham yeah, TV thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a going Tottenham TV show. So I was invited to be on that. And it was I just wanted to know what it felt like. Because we were watching it all on TV, weren't we, where you were hearing people, you were either hearing fake crowd noise, which was rubbish and just weird, or you were just hearing... different languages right and that's kind of what you were hearing and that was it so like it was when they invited me I said well do you know I just want to have that experience what would yeah. it feel like to watch and to, especially at that point in the season I was reading uh, Phil McNulty the brilliant BBC football journalist uh, chief in fact uh, writer of football for the BBC website um, his kind of post-match analysis of it and you know it it's extraordinary how quickly our season fell off a cliff. You know, at that point where we beat Man City 2-0, and just months later... They never lost after. This is their last defeat, wasn't it? Or certainly one of their last defeats. Yeah. Yes, it must they have been. They were like six... We beat them, they're like sixth or seventh, and my Man City mates were like, well, you know, we might get top six. I mean, they absolutely wrote themselves off. It just shows you yeah, in this league, absolutely. if you go on and run, what it can do. I and mean, we were top. That day. Yeah, yeah, and we were top of the league at the end of that day, and it was just an extraordinary experience because to go to that stadium where there are thousands of people and the queues outside the shop and the queues at the stations and then everyone going through and this you get on the packed train from uh, from Tottenham Hall or wherever you pick the train up from, and there's a sea of blue and lily white and people in their shirts and all generations. But then you go on a day like that and it's empty. It's quite, it was weird. It was eerie. I remember taking a video of it outside and I might as well have just superimposed uh, tumbleweeds. <laughs> I mean, it was like a post-apocalyptic zombie <laughs> meltdown. That's what it felt film. like. Yeah. yeah, it was like a zombie film. It was such a strange experience. But that's why I kind of put it in my top 10 because... A, it was great to see us beat Man City 2-0. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we played some wonderful football that day as well, kind of outsmarted them completely. Um, and just the experience that when we look back at this pandemic and what it's done, you can kind of say uniquely that you witnessed Absolutely. a game. You know? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, a bit more for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, but for now... Uh, Nihal, thank you so much for joining us on Top 10 Tottenham. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.